Harvey should grow <laughs> his hair out and we should oh, cut all of our hair. That would be really insane. <laughs> That's, that's the words like of a madman. <laughs> like that is, you're coming unhinged. <laughs> so, true. I would be willing to cut my hair for a very significant fundraiser. Oh, for missions, locks for, for love. Uh, but, 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 probably for a missions related style fundraiser. I, I, I could see myself doing that. I've it's, given my hair to locks for love. I, I, I would right? consider it for a fundraiser. I'm not sure if I. What it would take to get me to fall through with it, but I would definitely consider it. I've never given my hair to locks of love because when it gets super long, it becomes immeasurable. Yeah. There are too many tangles and curls. You can't actually like straighten it out enough to, um, (laughs) to measure it. It actually becomes like a slinky. Like you try to straighten it out, (laughs) but it would just become a tangled, crazy knotted mess. Well, like you both haven't met me or didn't meet me until my hair was shorter. Right. But, uh, my hair was as long, at least as long as yours, Bob, if not longer. I don't think I remember you with hair quite that long, but you did have kind of long hair. When I first met you, I had cut it like Mm -hmm. half of it off and gave the locks for love. And then I left the style like that where I basically put my hair into the tightest ponytail possible. Then my mom cut it. Then she took the ponytail out. And then I was just like, yeah, just leave it like that. And then I remember Bob (laughs) when he cut his, when you cut your hair for um, missions, you Uh uh, just had the ponytail chopped off. Right. And so you ended up with the dullest scissors imaginable. That's right. They hurt you. It was yeah. brutal. Um, and you looked like a Dutchman. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing that I want to ask. Let's just all grow our hair out super duper long. And then at the end of the coronavirus thing, we'll just cut it all off. Including you, Bob. Is that all right? It's called a, um, a ponytail of mourning. Except mine will be like an afro of morning. I think your hair would get long enough to become like a long, like it would be like wavy. To, 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 to pull, it, to it pull is, itself it down. It is very wavy. It's um, kind of like, um, oh, who's that guy from SNL? Andy, whatever. The guy from, uh, man, I'm tired. <laughs> Andy Samberg. That's what oh, I'm yeah, yeah. It'll yeah, be like Andy Samberg. That's, that's, true. that's the kind of hair that I get going. Anyway. Hey, man, it's all good. You guys ready to start? Yeah, buddy. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And And welcome to the Houseplants Podcast. That had a lot of volume and texture to it. (laughs) Like the way these mics sound. So, so here's the thing. So what are we here to talk about? We're here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. But here's, here's another thing. Just, just to throw this in here, because we haven't done this in a while. Let's talk about milk. Another M. Are you proposing to add a fourth M to the podcast subject matter? Well, I'm not talking about the meat. Number five. Not talking about the meat. Because we're not on the milk, but we're on the meat. Well, Paul says that we don't deserve the meat. We get, we have to be on the milk. <laughs> we're not properly <laughs> yoked. Not, you're unequally yoked, which has nothing to do with eggs. Listen, okay, my chains have been broken. I'm equally yoked. <laughs> all right? <laughs> Somebody paid my ransom. Yeah, I got my ticket. And was it's it, on my heart. Was it on your heart to say this? Because somebody who is three and one told me about it. So. <laughs> I feel like you just wrote lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> so for everybody who understood none of that, this episode is for you. Because <laughs> we are here to talk about some fun stuff today. We're talking about... um. Well, I guess some people yeah. have termed it as Christianese. I have termed it term scatology because term-scatology. like eschatology would be about deciphering scripture and figuring out what yeah. the true meaning of it is. Term scatology. Oh, oh, eschatology is about more about uh, the end times. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, I guess I need to do some eschatology on eschatology. Some oh, people exegesis. Are, uh, you need to do some exegesis on eschatology. Exegesis. Some people are pescatologists and they only eat fish. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> so, okay, well then, you know what? I'm going to stick with term scatologist because I don't care. I like term scatologist because some of these things are Christianese as in like the classic sense. Like, oh, mm-hmm. Christians just utter these phrases and right. no one outside the church will know what they mean. But some of these are like lyrical things specifically. Right. So we're going to talk about stuff from songs. But first, we're going to do some worship. Yes. Yeah, buddy. Zach, why don't you tell us about what song we're going to be doing? We're doing a song for Good Friday. 
which uh, if you're listening to this has passed, but um, well, it's Good Friday coming up in a couple days for us. So that's true. Yeah, this is uh, just a worship song about uh, Jesus and his love for us and um, how wondrous it is that he went to the cross for us. And it, it has a lot of good um, has a lot of good imagery in it, I think. So I picked it. It'll resonate good for Easter and stuff as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. OK, you guys, let's cool. do this. Yeah, buddy. That was gorgeous. Thank you. I like the chords very much. Yeah, very pertinent old hymn that uh, you don't hear a lot, but I think it very, very much fits the season. So let me ask you guys something before we even get into the subject matter. We've already kind of discussed it, but um, how does it feel uh, thinking that 
we may not be able to like really really meet meet for Easter. That's kind of weird, right? Yeah, it can be. It can be. Yeah, I'll admit I I struggle with that a lot. I think um, the physical meeting of being in person together um, as a church is really important to me. It's really important to what I do when leading worship. Like pretty much everything I, I try to do is focused on. It's focused on Jesus first and foremost, but um, the tactics that I take tend to be the ones that yeah. try to like bring people in and get them involved. So. Yeah, well, I mean, not just that, but you also have this. Um, this, you know what? I'm gonna use an astronomy analogy right now. Okay. So whenever a star is formed in the in the universe, uh, uh-huh. according to astronomy, you have all these particles just floating around in space, and mm-hmm. then uh, over time they slowly move closer together. Right. Gravity pulls them in, and then as they form mass, which gives them gravity, they also form gas pressure which pushes the particles back out from the center right so you're constantly uh having these particles both at the exact same time wanting to leave the center and get away from each other and also move closer to each other at the same time Mm -hmm. and it seems as though what's happening right now with church is that the more the dilemma of what's happening with the coronavirus becomes apparent and people need to be in prayer and community, the least we can be in community. And so it feels like we are a star that can't be formed. Yeah. And like so the horse head. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that's uh, just something I think that we can all be in prayer for like going forward is like how we can, how we can usher on through in yeah. a time when Easter is no longer going to be a um, meeting, a physical meeting this year. Right. So that's kind of a, well, I mean, a frustration. I think about the first Easter because yeah. when Jesus was resurrected and he went to go show up to people, they were all hiding in their homes. Right. That's very true. And it was because they felt persecuted and um, they were afraid of what was going to happen. They, thought their leader had just been killed. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, he had to go like find Thomas and find <laughs> Peter. <laughs> like, what if, what if, up. absolutely. What if Jesus showed up on Easter this year and said, Hey everybody come meet with me. And then people were like, mm, six feet. Right. <laughs> and he's like, no, I want to <laughs> hug. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I don't want to get into all of that. That's a, that's a big uh, can of worms, but I just thought, um, because I guess it's my turn to pray. I just thought I'd preface that by saying I'm going to be praying for everybody who uh, is going to have to adjust to this idea. It's a very good prayer. I mean, it's some people are just still really wrestling with it. I will say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to pray guys and we can get started. Does that sound good? Yeah, buddy. All right. God, thank you so much for bringing us together. Thank you for uh, at least in, in any way that we can still have um, a community Um in whatever conditions that is possible right now. And uh, God, we just pray that through this tough time um, that you would uh, help to strengthen us, uh, help us to have faith and resolve uh, that this will end and um, that your glory can be revealed through it. God, we want to pray that uh, this coming Easter, that people wouldn't feel discouraged. People wouldn't feel that they're losing something. Um, God, uh, pray that you would draw people near to you. Um, and I pray that people would try and draw you near to them, uh, through this, even if they can't draw near to each other. And it's your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, fellas. So in our modern Christian community, there's a lot of phrases that are often used. Some of them are in lyrics. Some of them are in the sermons and conversations and, uh, Christianese. Yeah. Yeah. Christianese as some call it. It's basically a shorthand. Uh, where Christians have decided over time to talk to each other in ways that make sense, but it's become exclusionary, right? <laughs> I have, I have. In some ways, in some ways, you could argue it's exclusionary just from the fact that it's very centered around our subculture. I would say not necessarily on purpose to sure. keep people out. Hey, watch, Absolutely. watch how exclusionary this is. You ready? Hey, Bob. Yeah, buddy. You and me have a new word that Zach doesn't know about, and it's called 
poppy lock. Okay. Okay. And it means. <laughs> Are you guys break dancers? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> all it all it means is that gratifying feeling that you get when your door or your in your car or your house is like locked and you pop it open. But Zach doesn't know gotcha. that. You ready? <laughs> that song we just did that was poppy lock you know what i'm saying oh yeah look how confused he is wow what a loser <laughs> see no, oh my goodness so uh, <laughs> no so <laughs> yeah oh, that's how that, see hilarious. now you know how i feel when people are like dude that was so lit i'm like yeah well yeah don't we, light too we much are very excluded by modern culture like, <laughs> For sure. we're already old we're already 70 that's years true. old as far as you know phrases go. um i've seen a lot of memes about like millennials um, yeah. especially like with the virus situation and everything, they're like, Oh, millennials are out at the beach doing spring break. And the other counter memes that come out yeah. are saying the millennials haven't been on spring break in years. We're yeah. in our thirties. Now there's some millennials in their forties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we're, we're, yeah. we're juggling our mortgages and kids and stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's only so long you can make fun of our generation for being young and like yeah. not good workers or anything. But uh, here's what I want to say though. Uh, Bob is right. There's a lot of phrases out there, and especially for people who have just entered into Christianity or maybe just entered into... Oh, you into, mean baby Christian? Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> but also this idea of maybe people who are not Christian who hear a Christian song... Oh, you mean song, um, potential Christian? But Oh, <laughs> see? See, we're using them all. And so what's funny is that through being a Christian, this is my theory, that through being a Christian... Over time, you start to like shorten like what mm-hmm. you're saying into like a phrase yeah. because you think like, oh, people, everybody knows that reference. But well, then you're like, mm, no, they don't. Well, well, you do find this with just about any subculture when yes. you're like, like when you're dealing with tech or a specific business okay. that they yeah. all develop their own well, like, brown noise for audio techs. <laughs> okay, there you go. White noise for video techs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I mean, my industry, we love our three-letter acronyms. I mean, we we we, we use them all, um, and most I think most industries often do. They they yeah. got their own acronyms, HBO, their own short names. CNN. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and, um. and 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 they will often develop their own phrases and statements related to uh, the the topics at hand. SEO. Sure. What is that? I know that one. Search engine opt- optimization. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Getting yourself uh, higher up in the Google search. So yes. it's trying to game the system, which is becoming less and less possible in a lot of respects. So for everybody that's listening to this that has ever listened to a song or a sermon and thinking, what the heck does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for a long time, and this isn't on here because I think now this has kind of become such a thrown on phrase. I didn't actually know what the term saved was referring mm. to in Baptist church culture because they throw it around and it almost has a different connotation. Yeah, you ain't saved. Unless you... So we got to get you saved. It's like, are you even saved? Mm-hmm. Jessica's mom once asked me that question and I was like, yeah, of course. And then later I was like, uh, do I even know what that what she was meaning by Because <laughs> we've... Cause, it was my first yeah. date, okay? Give me a break. I was trying to impress her parents. Christians simplify an idea like having salvation and right. giving your life to Christ. If you explained salvation, saved, like, not saved, right. If you yeah. were a three-year-old and you mm-hmm. said, let me explain salvation, that would mm-hmm. take forever. So one word saved isn't going to do it. And in that same spirit, yeah. there's a lot of different um, phrases that get thrown around in our modern Christian culture. And if you're just coming to church or if you're a new Christian, or if you are a, um, a non-Christian who just happened to hear a radio song and you happen to also be listening to this Christian podcast, being tricked into thinking this was a houseplant uh, podcast specifically, uh, then this is the podcast for you. <laughs> what have you guys been doing with your houseplants lately? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Listen, okay, right. you got to water them daily. You got to put them in the windowsill. And I mean, you have we, to accept Jesus Christ as your yes. Lord and Savior. Oh, I knew it. This isn't a houseplant podcast at all. Throw that in there. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I've been invited to a Christian concert by a non-Christian person before. People do just uh, enjoy see? Christian music sometimes. Okay, well, there yeah. you go. So, out there. well, if that's, that's awesome. if that's you that we're talking about, then this episode will be perfect because now we can explain those weird phrases in the songs yeah. that make absolutely no sense to you. And, <laughs> and I'm speaking for myself that some of these didn't make a whole lot of sense to me either when I was first getting going. So yeah. let's get started. Who wants to take uh, some of these? We'll just go in like a like a circle. Sure, we'll sure. popcorn it. Yeah. We'll popcorn prayer it <laughs> with topics. Oh, popcorn prayer. There you go. Yes. All right. So who wants who wants break every chain? Fine. I'll Why don't start. you take that I'll, one? That's fine. That's yeah. fine. All right. Break every chain. So here's the here's the thing. 
I understood the allegory of break every chain. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm trying to say? But when you hear it in every worship song, it's like, oh man, we're going to be breaking chains. They even made fun of that. Like a few of these terms they made fun of in that awesome video where it's the new band, new Christian band. Remember? And they're like, we want to talk about serious topics like depression oh, yeah, or yeah. addiction. And they're like, no, you need to be talking about waves crashing, chains breaking. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, let, like we'll let you cover good, good father. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here we All go. right. <laughs> so uh, break every chain. So you're going to hear that not only as a song title, mm-hmm. but you're going to hear the idea of that in different songs. Uh, Literally the song break every chain or amazing grace. My chains, my chains are gone. Are gone. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so here's what we're talking about with break every chain. So we're going to go through the, we're going to try and pop through these pretty fast. Cause there's a bunch of them, but there are many references. This is what I have written. There are many mm. references to the idea of breaking chains in the Bible. So what are we talking about when we say breaking chains? Well, if sin has chained you up and you are a prisoner to sin, then the act of what Jesus has done would yeah. set you free and break your chains. Now, both physical chains and allegorical chains of wickedness uh, are referenced in the Bible, uh, specifically in Acts. Um, there are a few times when uh, both Paul and um, John and Peter and people like that are yeah. like pr- imprisoned. Mm-hmm. And then Paul, God, and Paul and Silas together. That's right. In that one in particular story. Yeah. yeah. And they break out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so, Absolutely. We, so we definitely have physical chains breaking, which is in itself allegorical in that story. Yeah. Both physically it did happen, but it's also like, Ooh, what does this mean? The chains mm-hmm. are being broken, but also in the Psalms and in Isaiah, uh, it talks about these yeah. bonds of wickedness. So essentially what it is, is, uh, if you can imagine the idea of sin sort of being a prison or a chain, around you that you can't break free from. Uh, and you know, that, that can make sense allegorically and, and, you know, and a lot of people have maybe experienced that. Yeah. So when you accept Jesus as your Lord and savior, you are essentially breaking those chains, breaking the bonds of sin. And yeah. so that is, you know, quite a thing. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you, you guys put a note in here about Charles Wesley. Yeah. Love, uh, love me some Charles Wesley yeah. in the song. And can it be, he does this thing where, he um, so Charles Wesley has these times where he'll like put himself into the story of scripture and then right. write about it. Yeah. So he put himself into the Paul um, story where it's Paul and Silas in, in prison. Uh, and Acts so 16. He, yeah. Yeah. So he imagines himself as if it happened to him. And he says, long my imprisoned spirit lay fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth and followed thee. So oh. it's like making, he's using that story as the allegory for him being freed from his sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and you often will see this a lot in scripture, primarily because so much of the mm-hmm. new Testament was written by Paul. And oftentimes yeah. he was in prison and talks about being in yeah. shackles and chains. So we have this, imagery over and over again because that was his literal reality i wonder how um like i wonder if this speaks to us as like modern western christians who are like somewhat entitled Mm -hmm. as much as it would to somebody back in ancient times where like the threat Mm -hmm. of like being put into slavery was a much more real like threat to them. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do know. Yeah. You're saying that the terminology has kind of become a little bit more diluted because it's used. Maybe just as in a, our, maybe just album. in our particular experience. Sure. I don't, now, I don't know. All three of us are like, we've said in the past, we talked about music. We are, we are all experienced either, uh, as worship leaders or audio tech yeah. leaders and that kind of thing. And so we mm-hmm. are going to be sort of elitist in some ways because, we have heard so many worship songs and played so many worship songs yeah. that use a lot of repetitive cliches right. that are just spaced in there to rhyme. So if, you know, right now I could just be like, you are king, you are everything. Yeah. I walk across the waters to be your sons and daughters. I can just like yeah, do yeah. whatever, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you can just like rhyme anything. Right. And so sometimes break every chain just gets put in. It's like, you it broke my chains and yeah. you took know my, my shame, name. Know my name. And then you took my shame. Yeah. And you took right. away my pain. <laughs> you know, right. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I broke those chains. Yeah. I like that. Uh, 
uh, chain breaker song that chain has both breaker. chain breaker and waymaker and waymaker <laughs> all right so that is what yeah. break every chain means yeah. it is symbolic of the idea of breaking uh, free from sin and then also physically breaking out of chains like you know cool. oppression the uh, the the uh, freedom from oppression mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. all right paid my ransom slash debt who wants that one that was i got this one bob all right bob go ahead yeah, yeah. you so, can expand on what's there it's all good. But. So, so, so this goes back to the idea. Um, uh, it, it's and honestly, it's an idea that's kind of become lost among many Christians. Mm. Um, and that refers to the idea of the debt that has to be paid by sin, not necessarily from the Romans three perspective, but from what that was alluding, alluding to from an old Testament perspective yeah. of, of the sacrifice that had to be paid for the sins of the people. And so the lamb that was, had a, a literal lamb had to be slain, and so you often get this phrasing here: "Paid my, that Christ paid my ransom, paid my debt. He His died in our paid place. Paid my ransom. Yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah. So, so this is a reference to the actual crucifixion itself of Christ dying on the cross in our place. Our it's debt not, is, is paid. paid. There's nothing that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, careful. Copyright. <laughs> copyright. Yep. This is only a five second clip. I think if we just use. mention it, it's fair. We can just say yeah. it's fair use. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. everybody on YouTube does. I know, right? <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. we're not popular enough to get gigged by some yeah. Christian artists anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I always thought that um, it was a reference to the movie Ransom with Mel Gibson. <laughs> Give me back my son. <laughs> There's also Jesus paid it all, which I consider to be a really, really big. Well, that's a great song. And yeah. that's an old hymn as well. So that's yeah. an idea that's been along for a while, but like Bob said, it's yeah. lost some yeah. of its fervor. And so um, in first Timothy uh, chapter two, verses four through seven, it mentions, oh, yeah, you can read that. Go ahead, bud. Yeah. It mentions, um, I'll go back to verse three here, uh, verse three through seven. This is, uh, this is right and is acceptable in the sight of our of our God, our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come through the knowledge of the truth. Mm. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the right time. For this is for this, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am yeah. not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. A so, ransom for all. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, you know, and that's, that's really the climax of our amazing story that we yeah. see throughout the scripture. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you're going to hear a lot of phrases as we go through this episode about what Jesus did, but yeah. the way that they're referenced, if you are a new Christian, you may not know what's going on. Right. Yeah. I really, yeah. I mean, I think this is one that I would. If we're going to say like keep or ditch or whatever, this is one I would, I would keep and like try to explain to people because like, yeah, yeah, I, I think more than ever, the image of debt should be something that makes sense to us. Yes. Right. Sure. um, Because we have a lot of debt. I mean, like we're like a lot of us are living off of debt and more and more. So you're, you're talking about this idea that we can relate, not just to what the scripture is saying about, Sin, sin's debt, but, yeah. yes. but we like but, when we are saying somebody is the bread of life or the rice of but life the, the, in different cultures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. But the, the, yes, the idea here of this crippling debt um, in our yeah, from from, from, from a with. modern culture yeah. perspective, and That's and right. so our our culture has been telling people that like not to think about like oh just take those like student loans out, just consume it, just, just consume, con- just consume, consume, consume. Um, you won't ever have to like don't worry about paying it back. Right. Just don't think about that, you know? Yeah, so, that, that, that'll come later. Don't, don't worry about that. Yeah. Right, right. And so we do the same thing with sin, do we not? Like, I mean, that's true. Yeah. We we, yeah. we take out a, what is it? Um. Oh, man. Again, I don't want to do a South Park reference because <laughs> this is, I know South Park is Margaritaville. Really, oh, is do you know which one I'm talking about? Where Kyle so. has the credit card with mm-hmm. the no limit on it? Yeah. <laughs> so everybody who has physical debt in their bank account Kyle has a little like credit card swipe and they've given him no limit on it. So he has everybody in the world come with their credit and charge it to his account (laughs) to get rid of it. So at the end he has like, so he is basically like a symbolic Jesus who took the debt of the entire world on himself. Oh boy. But (laughs) it's really bad. Don't watch it. It's it's bad, but But, it's funny. But, but if we are, we are being objective and allegorical about it, about that lesson. Yeah. Jesus did in fact, 
take the 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 dead of the, the dead. world yeah. on himself. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the the Absolutely. other the other thing that that people try to say is that well, you know, why would the father expect us to pay that debt? Like, what is he, this mean guy? Is he like a mean loan shark that, you know, like yeah. it's kind of that anti wrath of God thing. Mm-hmm. People don't like, want to talk about hell. And we already talked about that. So why, yeah. So, so they're saying like, God wouldn't put that, that amount of huge debt, like on his own son, like God is, God is merciful. Right. But that doesn't change the fact that like the debt has to be paid. Absolutely, you know? there, there is a debt that is that wants yeah. to be, and and, and, and his desire, yeah. as John three sixteen tells us, the most quoted verse in all the Bible, yeah. you know, that he loved us so much that he sent his son, yeah, and for us, and that's where grace comes yeah. in. Absolutely, know? right. And if every bank in the world had had a grace clause in there. Yeah. I don't know, man. It might be. It, a it would cool be. It would be exploited and abused to its <laughs> yeah. fullest. Yeah, it would be <laughs> every time. Yeah, but so it's not. It's not meant to show like how how mean or like judgy God is. It's, it's no. meant to it, show how great His mercy is yes. because in the face right. of such debt that we accrued, like it's our fault. Sure, <laughs> yeah. you know He still sent His Son. All right, Zach. What's yeah. um, so so that was paid my debt slash ransom. Mm-hmm. Zach, you're up. What's the next one? On my heart is one that has. Oh man, I, and I use this, I use this one too. It's abuse, but you got to be really careful with it. Sure, people always say on my heart, and it's they say own, like I got this, yeah. I, I got this, um, I got something on my heart. I God just laid this on you. my heart. Yeah, they laid this say. on my heart, and I just need to. Yeah, say this it. has just been on my heart. I have to say this, or I have to do it. It's just on my heart. Um, yeah, <laughs> people people feel passionately about something, um, and sometimes like the way I've heard it is like this was on my heart. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to share this like with you all, like a so, pastor will say it or so, 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 so or that's something that's been building up within <laughs> yeah. them that they just can't hold back any longer. I, I've said it about songs I've written and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I but think if, yeah. if, if you, if I heard that from you, I wouldn't assume that you're just like, I'm, I'm letting my heart lead me, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, but it's been, it's on my heart or I would say God laid it on my heart. Yeah. You know, hoping, you know, so you've yeah. mentioned God at least that's good. Right. <laughs> yeah, but people people do just go um, without even making it about God sometimes, and they just say, "This has been on my heart. I just feel I need." This has been on this. my heart for a while now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you get a very different picture when you look at Scripture. It's Jeremiah seventeen nine through ten. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Oh, come on. Don't listen to that. I got the best <laughs> intentions for you. Yeah. Just listen to me. Right, right. So, you know, that the old phrase, um, <laughs> hell is paved. The road to hell, hell is yes, paved with good, good intentions. intentions. Right. You can be mad all you want. I'm your heart. I know what's best. <laughs> oh, that girl's real pretty. Yeah. You should love her. There was, there was another scripture in Jeremiah. I couldn't <laughs> find exactly what I was thinking of. Um, but he talks about how there were these other prophets because Jeremiah was giving a very bleak message about the judgment on Jerusalem that right. was coming and, and, and how they were going to be carried off into, into Babylon. And there were other prophets and they were, they were giving messages from their heart. So they were looking at their heart and they were saying, I don't think God would judge Jerusalem. God loves us. Like, I don't think that would ever happen. We're going to be fine. And so he calls them out and he says, like, you're speaking from your heart. You're not speaking the words that God gave you. Um, so it's very important to like know mm. the difference. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is, that's a huge matter of of discernment and asking the Lord um, to show you the difference. Could it be uh, said that this phrasing is much more emotionally focused? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Definitely. which which I personally find um, a little bit dangerous because emotions aren't as as, as the verse you pointed out yeah. from Jeremiah that our emotions aren't always a reflection of God people in Jeremiah's day wanted to hear that the judgment wasn't coming. Sure. <laughs> so they listened to these people who were giving them the message. Mm-hmm. I just feel in my heart, you know, that this is not going to happen. So what you're saying is they want to hear about God's love and mercy and grace and not necessarily hear yeah. about judgment. Yeah. And everybody, well, we have no way of relating to that in today's culture. Right. Right. <laughs> nope. <Exactly. laughs> That's just how people are. Yeah. Yeah. So it is emotionally driven. Um, and the dangerous thing, you're right, Bob, is that you can you can use that to say anything you want. Right. Absolutely. Who's to say, like, what's on my heart isn't just 
like from me. But I think that on the other side of that, emotions are not like unimportant either because it does. Absolutely. Yeah. God God gave us our emotions for a reason. Absolutely. God does talk about having things written on your heart. And mm-hmm. it's mostly talking about his word. So if right. you look at Deuteronomy eleven eighteen, is one of those places. It says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Um, even today, uh, the Jewish practice is to take like little bits of scripture and put them in a box on yep. your forehead. Yeah. Yep. So li- or, li- or literally armband. Literally tie it to your body. Yeah, they're literally tying the word of God to their body. Um, And that's, you know, so the thing that God wants written on your heart or wants to impress upon your heart is his word. Um, So, yeah, always be very leery about the this is just on my heart. I would almost say and I don't want to like be backed up somewhere. (laughs) I do think that God can move your heart. Yeah, I would almost say I would almost just to be safe and just to know that it was from the right origin, I would probably change the phrase to say, if it were me to say something like, um, God through the Holy spirit is speaking to me right now and has sent a message to me that I Mm. feel like I need to say to you. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. God, God has impressed upon me this. Well, the the thing is like through the Holy spirit, we communicate with the Lord, Mm -hmm. right? And through the Holy spirit, we also get, uh, according to the scripture, we get words of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as, as the spiritual, uh, gifts are, are doled out. And so if, um, if you are, if you are not getting it from the Lord, where are you getting it from? That's my right. question. And I'm yeah. not trying to like, <laughs> be like, ha you take that. But I, I do think that God, God can move your heart, but I also think like you said, you need to be wary of what and it won't, it won't, origin will be. it won't contradict his word that he's given to us right. in the Bible. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I'll uh, take three and one Godhead. This one will be kind of short, but I have a few cool things I want to do as far as discussing this. Now, first I will say that the word Godhead is only a rough translation in the King James version of Colossians uh, 2.9, I believe. But if mm. you go up to the more recent uh, uh, kind of interpretations... Of it, it's not like that later. Hmm. <laughs> and so what interesting. You, yeah. So it refers, uh, you know, Colossians 2, nine. Colossians 2, 9, King James version. Uh, the word is translated into like theotes, which is an abstract form of theos <laughs> or God. But what, what that word, the word Godhead uh, in the phrase three and one has taken on is kind of this um, is to try and encapsulate the idea of the Trinity. And um, for everybody who is a new Christian, the Trinity is going to be kind of confusing. The reason it's confusing is because up until this point in your Christian walk, probably have assumed that whatever Christians talk about is in the Bible somewhere, but that is not the case. Now, well, the, hold on, hold on. I'm not, I'm not trying to say the Trinity isn't in there. I'm saying the word Godhead three and yeah. one or Trinity is not in the Bible, but, but yes, but okay. very fair. So like, if you go in and you say, huh, where in the Bible does it say Trinity? Use my favorite website. What does the Bible say about? And then say your thing. So <laughs> what, what has happened is over thousands of years of understanding and interpreting, interpreting the scriptures, it has been determined and derived through understanding and discernment with God's help that God was in three persons. Some another phrase might be for this. Um, so like God in three persons, blessed, blessed Trinity. Trinity, or um, um, I believe in something, Father. I oh yeah, and that one that one is based on the creed. Mm-hmm. Um, the as God in the is Apostles three creed. in one. Yeah. Now that's one of the things we're gonna you know we'll come back to that. But essentially, the Trinity, if you are unfamiliar is this idea that God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son are three aspects of the same God, but are mm. are themselves uh, a, a individual and not just, they aren't all just the same thing. And as a result of that, we read the scriptures and interpret them as three different aspects. God is three things in one thing, 
And then the Godhead phrase is used to kind of encapsulate that. So I looked up Colossians 2 9 in yeah. um, my interlinear Bible app. Okay. So that's Ooh, nice. That's one that has Greek um, with the like parsing of the grammar next right. to it okay. in, in the English translation. So this has it as all the full. Uh, in him dwells all the fullness of the deity. So it has a, it has an article, has an article. So it's all the fullness of the, and then Theotatos. Oh yeah. Which is a, I probably pronounced it wrong. A noun in the genitive case, feminine, believe it or not, and singular, but it just means deity, Theo, Theotatos. Yeah. So, so, that so you're gonna find that like a lot of these terms that have been translated from the King James have like kind of pressed on, um, mm-hmm. but it's not incorrect to say that God is three in one. Yeah. Um. But I'm just clarifying for anybody who kind of tries to find out what that means. What we're discussing sure. is the idea that God is three different aspects uh, or people, as you could say, God mm-hmm. in three persons. Yeah. Yeah. The God, the yeah. Father in heaven, God the Son who came to yeah. earth. And God, the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. Yeah. So there you go. Absolutely. Yep. All right, Bob, you're up. Sure. Is a great country. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure that was known. Okay, you are up now. Europe is a country. I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh my goodness. Continent. <laughs> I said country, didn't I? <laughs> you did say country. I'm tired too. All right, Bob, go ahead. <laughs> so this next one I'm going to talk about is unequally yoked. And this is one that you often will hear, um, usually in reference to relationships. That's to be the it's the key. It's the favorite thing of like um, judgy Christians who want to like call out somebody for dating a non Christian. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so. Yep. <laughs> and so, so this often comes from Second uh, Corinthians, uh, where Paul is actually talking about uh such things um can i just say real quick bob before you continue that there's three christian relationships okay (laughs) you're either in church and meet another girl in church and you date her you you meet a girl outside of church and bring her to your church and date her or you have a girlfriend who is completely outside of church and you never bring her to church and don't tell any of your church friends about her (laughs) (laughs) there's three different relationships for a christian right there (laughs) so so this is in fact a not just a cultural reference within this within our christian subgenre of the culture but also it is actually biblical it says uh, um in second corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 it says do not be mismatched with unbelievers for what partnership is there between righteousness and unlawlessness for what fellowship is there between light and darkness and so um oh, wait i want to know because niv mm-hmm. says yoked oh does it say K- yoked yeah kjv says uh, do not be unequally yoked Right. But I want to know, I want to know, Bob, because you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're a good Baptist boy. What I'm not so <laughs> sure about that, but continue. You, you got that background. I do um, have that background. What does yoked mean? It, does it have to do with eggs? <laughs> and that's a great question. Um, so, so, so yes. So, so it, I, which is exactly the next thing I was going to talk about. So this is uh refer for the reference in the King James version does use unequally yoked and yoked here yeah. does not actually refer to eggs <laughs> at all. Um, what is referring to is, is um, animals that uh-huh. are, that are, um, uh, that, that are harnessed together yeah. to usually like an ox to pull a plow. Yeah. And I want to hear the high school dating talk. version <laughs> of this. So well, what it's referring to really is the fact that you never really actually f- set two animals side by side if they have not really been trained well. Mm-hmm. If one has been trained really, really well, is really strong, then the yoke, the piece that goes around the animal's neck that keeps them attached to the plow, okay, and, and, and to put with an, a second animal that's not very strong, then what you're going to find is the plow actually will not be uh, – will not uh, plow in a straight line, but will usually go in mm-hmm. a curved nature or if not controlled in a circle. Um, and so what's really interesting is, is that, is that if, if you actually take an ox and strap it to a plow, it can actually pull about seven, about, uh, what was it? Seven, I want to say 700 pounds of, of pressure. Um, oh, of really? 
Or yeah. I just know that it, actually, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna step on I'm gonna completely butcher that. Yeah. So I'm actually gonna back away from that analogy entirely. But the idea but there it, but, is that with multiple animals yeah. together, it does it's not uh two of them doesn't it doesn't just double it, it like quadruples the amount yeah. of power each of them can individually pull. I know that in the Oregon Trail you need two oxen to continue to How move are you gonna get car. across that wa- that water? You have to ford the river. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, you gotta ford the river, but I mean without two oxen then then, then, then your then your wagon's just stuck. There's absolutely no way you can yeah. pull a single wagon by itself, even you can't if it's move. empty. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> but that I love, has nothing to do with unequally yoked. But okay. I, love, yes. I love I love the yoked analogy and the unequally yes. like uh, like oh it's gonna pull off to like one side or the other, and mm-hmm. that's the favorite like youth pastor thing to say like see absolutely. that's gonna happen if you date a non Christian. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Lord. No, 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 no. Once again, to be clear, there is scriptural reference here. Paul does actually talk yeah. about this heavily here yeah. in Second Corinthians about about wanting to make sure that you're with someone who is of a similar. The, the idea there is is that they're of a similar. Well, I'm using another Christianese term, a similar walk as you. Someone who who is similar in their growth in yeah. Christ and their relationship with Christ as as you are. Um, is so, he talking about dating there though specifically? Um, it is, I don't know if he is, I don't know if he is. I, I read, so. I read, uh, chapter six. I will say that it is a general par- parable sort of mm-hmm. speak for a lot of situations. Yes. Um, it, 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 it's a fair question. I'm not saying it doesn't apply. Yes. Um, I mean, it, 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 what he's referring to is being matched up with unbelievers. It's, and it so, just says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. I would, I would argue that yeah. if we're really going to get down to brass tacks about it, it's probably another reference to how um, Israel and, and the people of Judea, you know, the, the, the God's people mixing with other cultures that have like come in. It says, it says that, um, I mean, it's, if you want to put stock in the headlines, it says warning against idolatry. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to talk about like, what light does, uh, um, what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and uh, Belial, which was like a pagan oh. idol? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? I think. I mean, I mean he, he's talking about relationships in general. Relationships um, in general. That's th- what I was going to say. Th- th- this entire yeah. passage, there isn't really much here about dating or marriage or anything like that, like which, which you do see yeah. a lot in Paul's writings. Yeah. But that's not in this. But you're right. Not, Again, not, not in this not, chapter. This is not to say it doesn't apply, but. I would make a strong argument that um, one of the and again, you know, this is kind of getting off topic, but I would make a very, very strong argument that if you are called to do what God is, what Jesus has called you to do, then everybody potentially yeah. is a believer. If you if you really take the time and consideration to uh, get to know them and show them the uh, good news. Of Jesus they Christ. are a potential believer. <laughs> I would say that they are. Yeah. Like for example, Jessica and me started dating. I didn't have everything like kind of figured out. And she was a very strong Christian at the time mm-hmm. and just was like, let's go to church every week. We'll go to the mm-hmm. same church. And uh, I developed in my relationship with Jessica, I developed yeah. a re- better relationship with God. Yeah. Sure. And then we both strengthened each other in Christ. Yes. Yeah. Going forward. But right. Uh, the- there are people that are just completely like, I don't have any interest in religion. And I have no interest in Jesus Christ and you continue to date them a long yeah, term. And my, my guess is that like where this kind of came, what, why this got applied to that was because that was an issue um, with young people growing up and, and dating people who were not mm-hmm. of the faith and being pulled away. I think that as that was happening, pastors probably looked at the Bible for scriptures about like not um, being pulled away by the culture that isn't Christian <laughs> and found Absolutely. this. So yeah, I mean that, it, but that is what it's about. It's very general, but it's about culture, you know, and, what, and how another's culture, especially if it's kind of anti-Christian even can, can pull people off, you know, I, relationships have such an impact on you and not yeah. just dating relationships, but just your relationships in general. Yeah. yeah. It, it, what I find it most interesting, honestly, about this passage is the fact that this is the second letter to the Church of Corinth. In the first letter, he also addresses this same topic, but from a, the opposite perspective. And, yeah. what, and when in chapter five, he says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexual immoral people, persons, mm. not at all meaning the immoral of this world or the greedy and the mm. robbers or adulterers, since, w- since, uh, since you would then need to go out of the world. 
So, but I am instead writing to you to not associate with anyone who bears the name brothers or sisters who is sexually immoral, or greedy, or adulterer, or 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 follows all these terrible things. Mary Magdalene. So, so it's not even about Mary Magdalene. It's not even about non-believers. It's about people who say they're believers. And have dragged yes. oh. so 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 that that argument that argument could easily be made. Once again, now I'm taking a, a passage yeah. from Second Corinthians and associating it back to First Corinthians, but you yeah, do yeah, see yeah. that same idea there. Yeah. He's he's not saying don't associate with the outside world. He's I saying think both things are true. He, he, he's saying be careful of who you partner with, whether that partner is a friendship, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's. Uh, whether it's a, whether it's a romantic relationship, yeah. I mean, you need to be careful of who you call a close friend, who you call close, who you pull close to, because that yoke that you should be somewhat similar in those walks in order to strengthen one another. Yeah, whether yeah. that's in a, no matter the relationship, it's one of those topics that to me kind of fits into that like same uh, imagery that I see. It's kind of like um, if one scripture said, "Don't stand on the edge of the left side of this bridge." And then didn't say anything else. Yeah. And then a different scripture said, don't stand on the right side edge of this bridge. You'd be like, see, they contradict each other. And it's like, no, God's telling you not to stand on either side of the bridge. Look. Yeah. Bob, <laughs> yeah. if somebody does date a non-Christian mm-hmm. in hopes of converting them, that would be another Christianese term. What is that called? Uh, I believe that term is missionary dating. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Yes. Yes. The, the, the fact missionary that, dating. Have yes. you heard that before? <laughs> no, and I don't want to. <laughs> oh, no, yes. The, 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 this is very it's common. It's an unfortunate term in the way it's phrased too. And I'll, that's all yes. I'll say. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 it but, is. Yes. But, but you're right. That's another <laughs> very much related term that refers to the idea of hoping to convert them to Christian. You know, yeah, sure. He's a bad boy, but I'm going to convert him to Christian. He's going to come to church with me and well, he'll be a strong Christian because we're dating and, and, and that's what I'm looking for. And the truth is that <laughs> that very rarely ever works out. That that's way. a very strong appeal to ladies to like, I'm going to fix him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Listen, if you, if and, you and, ladies and find a metal head out there, the beast. <laughs> yes. you guys find a metal head out there. It's just like a, like a Gothic metal head, like guitar player. Yeah. You need to show him revelation right away. He'll be hook, line and sinker. Yeah. He'll have a lot of lyric uh, material. Yeah. You can, you can find, um, <laughs> Johnny Depp from that Tom Petty music video is just like this rebel and like yeah. softness. Yes. All right, we need to we need to move past uh, yeah. go to the next phrase here. That was, no, that was a really good one though. All right, yeah, Zach, yeah, that was really good. Europe. One. Oh, I got you are worthy. Europe uh, is a really good country. <laughs> That's gonna be my new joke. Europe is a really good country. Yeah, right. Canada is a really good state. Yeah, too. it is. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You are worthy, man. We hear this a lot, don't we? Um, it's in a lot of songs. Worthy, worthy, yo, this is amazing. Oh, this is amazing Grace. Grace. You are worthy. The word worthy just gets worthy. thrown around. Worthy, worthy, of every worthy, song worthy. We could ever ever sing. Yeah. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Yeah. There's a lot of um, a lot of worthy um, worship uh, is worth ship. <laughs> We're ascribing worth to Jesus. Um, oh Lord. Yeah. So I, I quickly looked up a, I quickly just typed in uh, you are worthy with quotes on Google Yeah, and it came up with a uh, revelation four eleven, And so this is the scene. We talked about revelation a lot in the last we couple have. of episodes. Oh yes. So it's one of those scenes I'm where getting interest in it. I love revelation. Yeah. Um, it's one of those scenes where everybody's standing around the throne and all the elders and the angels are all like giving praise to God. And that, um, so they're quoted as like singing this song and the lyrics go, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things by your will. They existed and were created. That's a King James, I think, translation there. Um, okay, so wait, pause, though. That actually explains what he is worthy of receiving. Of receiving. But in a lot of worship, they just throw the word worthy in there. You're for, just so worthy. This is That's Amazing it. Grace song in the bridge. They go, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Yeah. Worthy right. is the king who conquered mm-hmm. the grave. Worthy yeah. is the lamb who was slain, yeah. worthy, worthy. And you go like, what are they worthy of? Yeah. I oh, think, don't worry, they're worthy. Yeah. That's so fine. for Christian worship, when Christians say this, we're just saying that Jesus is worthy of praise. Of, of praise. And by praise, like all our thanks and gratitude. Yeah. All of our um, worship, all of our love. All of us. All is, of us. He's worthy yeah. to receive all that we to are that. to him. There's another mm-hmm. scripture. I think it's in, it's either Revelation 4 or 5, but there's the mm-hmm. one where there's the scroll. 
you remember this? And they're like, who's worthy to open this scroll? Yeah. And it's like, I looked, I looked around and I saw that nobody was worthy to open the scroll. And I wept because no one was worthy to open the scroll. So it's like, wow, how worthy do you got to be to open this thing up? Yes. So only Jesus. Yeah. Only the lamb that was slain. That's right. Meaning he was killed and sacrificed himself. That's what gave him the worthiness to open this scroll up. And please, so please mention yeah. Mjolnir as well. Cause I want to hear about that. Oh yeah. So, so whoever is worthy will have all the powers of Thor, but they don't explain what the, what the, uh, 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 uh what you need to be to be considered worthy in to hold the hammer. Well, the entire Marvel cinematic universe is a referendum on <laughs> what the worthiness actually means. Yeah. <laughs> because when we get to, um, Oh boy. Spoilers for end game. If you haven't seen this, Almost two year old movie at this point. I right? don't watch uh, uh, no, movies. No, Infinity War is like two years old. Right. Okay. Endgame's going on like a year, maybe. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's okay. right about a year. Okay. So if you haven't seen Endgame, um, Captain America is able to lift Mjolnir at the end of that movie. Thor's hammer. Thor's hammer. Why is he more worthy than everybody else? I don't know. <laughs> maybe because he's so patriotic probably because <laughs> he's like the one guy who's very like self-sacrificial see and yeah. so if we if we can extrapolate from that this idea of worthiness because in the in the yeah. songs a lot of times they don't explain what you're worthy to they receive don't. either so if the hammer mjolnir is praise and honor and stuff like that that jesus would receive yeah if if that is embodied by a hammer then the person who wields the hammer is Jesus himself, right? Yeah. Is that the I allegory? would say that, that Jesus that is the has the power to wield a lightning shooting hammer. Sure. I would I would argue that you're right. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was the same predicament because in the movie, which I have seen, he whispers on the back of the hammer like, whoever is worthy shall uh, wield yes, the hammer. Anthony Hopkins. And I'm like, what is it? What do you, what do you got to do? <laughs> like, what's the, uh, what's the uh, requirements, you know? Anyway, yeah, so, it's not really uh, not really clear <laughs> and unclear. <laughs> and unless you read Revelation 411, which you just read, which yeah. clearly states what the Lord is worthy of. Yeah. Um, and why he's worthy, then you kind of get stuck. on it. That's what I felt like for a while. Yeah. Yeah. We do uh, tend to just leave that out there. Like, Lord, you're just so worthy. And it kind of becomes. It can become nebulous. Yeah, yeah, it does. It just yeah. seems like a throwaway word at the end. Right. Doesn't it? Well, that's good. I'll remember that next time I'm praying to explain and tell God why he's worthy. You know what? God, <laughs> like, is this so unreasonable for me to go? You know, God, you are worthy of all praise. Yeah. You are worthy of my love. You're worthy of everybody in the world's love. And you're awesome. And that's yeah. why you're worthy. Amen. Yeah, there. Exactly. That's a good prayer. Yeah, that is good. No, it can be a very good prayer. Absolutely. <laughs> so well, I guess. And again, these are all originated in good scriptural stuff. Absolutely. It's just that when you would hear it as a new Christian at the term, you'd be like, it just, huh? Yeah. It's yeah, interesting. Yeah. A lot of these lyrical things, especially like, or just right. really have a solid biblical basis. It's just, we don't do a very good job of explaining them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I once read online uh, in one of these articles when I was looking up some of these terms that a, a lot of songwriters believe that it is the job of the songwriter to condense the idea into as short a form mm. as possible. And I was like, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I think sometimes you need to expand on your idea. You know, there's a lot of newer like Hillsong songs that are going on like four or five verses now. Ooh, and if you've heard, really? Like, um, have you heard the song? So will I, or parentheses a yes. hundred billion X. I, yeah. uh, you showed me it's yeah. their newest album times. that got released, right? Uh, you showed one me. of them. Um, yeah. yeah, there's that one. Uh, there's like a couple different songs where they actually go through like a lot of different. They write ideas like a hymn, and let, almost. almost like a hymn. Like they let ideas unfold throughout the song. Very interesting. See, yeah. I, and maybe I'm just an elitist awesome. again, but I I like the idea that at least if you were to sing, like if you were to, if you were a new Christian, you came in and you opened your hymnal and started reading the lyrics, you may not understand the like phrasing because it's very old timey. But at least it would give you like a good mm-hmm. like yeah, step by step kind yeah. of like what the idea they're trying to yeah. like you and I love Come Thou Fount. Yeah. I also love It Is Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And It Is Well takes you step by step through a lot of the steps that Jesus mm-hmm. is going through. Yeah. Absolutely. And Absolutely. So at least as a new Christian, you can be like, mm, okay, so the story here is that um, peace like a river. Okay, I get that. 
then it's like, uh, oh, when uh, the trumpet will resound, yeah. I guess that must be that yeah. revelation thing I read. One of the Bible new study. Hillsong songs is called uh, King of Kings, and it's like goes through like, you know, it's one of those that lays out all the different steps of the gospel. Like he's, you know, he's God, but then he comes to earth and then he's crucified. Yeah. And on the part where it talks about Jesus resurrecting and like, well, dying on the cross and then resurrecting is like this one verse and talks about mm-hmm. like all these different things that happen. And like it says uh, the dead rose from their tombs. And I remember like thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, that's like in Matthew. Yep. But no, yeah. no song ever mentions that. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's often a phrase that gets overlooked and really not talked about very much. Yeah. It's it's not one that even really comes up. It's like, well, Lazarus was and Jesus were the only two that really risen from the dead. No, the, a whole bunch the, of people did. Apparently, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I, I actually used this to uh, to talk to some Christians a while back about showing that. Um, obviously not the same idea, but I used it to say, see, zombies are in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Also Ezekiel. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But, but, uh, um, but obviously not the same concept of zombies is what we're, what our culture often views, but the point still stands, you know, this idea of dead rising, it's, it's not, you know, this is result of the crucifixion. It is the power of God by all means, but it's not limited to as few people as we often think. Mm. So we have a bunch of uh, extra terms. Like we have like so many, but I think we're running out of time. Wouldn't you say, Bob? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Getting close yeah. to the end. So I will. F- I guess I'll do this last one. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll probably have to be. Then we will. Then we will have done an entire page of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, two pages. So oh. this one's maybe a little re- redundant, but this one is thrown around just as much as the uh, on my heart one. So I will go with this one as well. Um, I feel led by the spirit. Oh, that's a good one. So. Led by the Spirit, for somebody who's a new Christian, may not understand the implication of that because they may not understand the aspects of the Holy Spirit. But as we talked about with the on my heart, uh, this would almost be sort of better. But yeah. if you're not still acknowledging God's origin of the of what is leading you, you can just say Spirit and it can be I nebulous. I feel led. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel led to tell you that your music stunk this morning. Um, Objection, leading the witness. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> oh, my gosh. Now all I can think of is this scene, and it's like a guy up on the thing, and a, and a lawyer's, like, really grilling him, and then he's just, like, starts singing out. Like, he's just like, mm, we make a beautiful worker. And then the lawyer goes, objection. The spirit is, the, the spirit's leading the witness right now in song. <laughs> he's being led by the spirit yeah. uh overruled can i tell you about what happened when i googled this because it was really funny okay go ahead okay so i googled and i did you know um quotation marks so i could find like yeah. if it was exactly mentioned this way right so first i googled led by the spirit i knew that would probably give me some scriptures so that uh took me to the the different versions of the scripture where jesus is um baptized and then led into the wilderness right um, so Jesus he was led by the spirit Jesus was into led the, by the spirit yep. into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. Um, all four, I think all four gospels have it. Um, they all, John say, has, has like, I think John, he, they have different stories that are different aspects of what that's happened. Right, John's the baptism in the book of John is in a different spot. Cause it's right before Nicodemus. It's in like John four. Um, if I remember it's Matthew and Luke have like the most detailed Mark has yeah. like a little blurb about, it, and then John is. Like so yeah, it's the three synoptic through. gospels to use a fancy term. Um, so, okay. That's what I got for searching led by the spirit. Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness. Um, I searched, I was led by the spirit and it gave me this scripture. I want to see if you guys can guess where it's from. Okay. <laughs> and I was led by the spirit, not knowing beforehand the things which I should do. Nevertheless, I went forth as I came near unto the house of Laban. Gosh, this sounds really familiar, but it could be so many. It's actually from the book of First Nephi, chapter 4, which is in the Book of Mormon. And is not a scriptural oh, book that we so subscribe to. <laughs> so to find a, a passage that says, I was led by the Spirit in the first person like that, that's in the Book of Mormon. And so I kind of read around that passage to see what it was talking about. And I guess there's a story where Nephi, who's a character from the book of Mormon, um, God commanded him to kill a guy named Laban. Um, and apparently this, according to a footnote happened in about the year 600 BC. So there you go. 
and I'm guessing happened in North America. Since what? Oh, that's right. Book of Mormon. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. And to be clear, it's not something that we believe to not, be scripture. Not in the Bible. No, we don't yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. We're not but, throwing shade on the Mormon faith or anything necessarily. Just, just, just clarifying we, our own position. We are, we are definitely in favor of all things uh, that the scripture mm. says. I find it interesting that that was the only place that I could find that I is was led no, by no, the spirit. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes. You're right. No, no, that, that is quite interesting. I find right. that to be really now, now, that doesn't mean that the spirit can't uh, send us the gifts of prophecy like I was mentioning. Yeah. But the idea of being led by the spirit to do something, mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you don't hear that phrased ever in scripture, I guess. Yeah. Which makes, except for with Jesus. Right. Jesus being led by the spirit. Um, What's interesting is well, I don't want to, again, I don't want to throw shade, but, um, <laughs> I, the I language yeah. is interesting too. I think, <laughs> yeah. So when we say, you know, led or I feel led mm-hmm. or, um, I think it's, you know, it's another way of kind of saying like, God put this on my heart. Yeah, it is. Um, God is kind of leading me to say this. I feel like God wants me to say this or do right. this. I think it's real similar to the, um, on my heart thing because you just probably should have lumped them together in retrospect but they're contrasted in the idea that the idea that the spirit is leading you i think is a step in the right direction okay but yeah that you you can still not give enough credence to Mm. the lord who is leading you and just say oh there's something in my spirit telling me this and then you're like oh where is that coming from you know yeah (laughs) you can Again, you can you can use it for anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, and the idea there isn't necessarily that the spirit can't lead us. It's just uh, we. I think we tend to be a little. Um, sometimes we are a little skeptical of: is this really the spirit leading you, or is this an excuse to do something that other people that people are going to find uncomfortable and you know it yeah. may not be even be biblical in, yeah. in nature. So it's just it, it's hard to prove necessarily when someone is truly being led by the spirit. Um, and, and, um, and, and at the time that it's happening, yeah. falling out in the spirit is a different one. We'll probably have to talk about a different yeah. episode. <laughs> I, I guess I will say that, um, the Bible talks a lot about knowing a tree by its fruits. And yes. so I think it's um, a good place to start. I think a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of what you see will be afterwards. Kind of like you're saying, um, hindsight can often be 2020, although not 2020 the year because man, <laughs> Unless we want to say that we want 2020 to be in hindsight, because I think a lot of people are feeling that way. But yes. now, they would rather be yeah. in the past already. Yeah. <laughs> yes, who knows? But yeah. Okay, so what have we learned? Hindsight is the present. Europe is a country. You should always leave with your heart first. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and scatology most, <laughs> is about everything, not just about, about everything. Yeah. And um, most of what Paul said applies to teenagers dating, dating exclusively. <laughs> exclusively. <laughs> Here's my letters again to the Romans. You guys need to stop dating from other places. <laughs> Romans stick with your Romans. You guys are good believers. Still. Okay. But, uh, well, yeah. it was an awesome episode. I had a lot of fun. Thank you guys for allowing us to um, kind of take a step back and have a little bit more of a casual episode this week. Coming oh, yeah, out that's of that been series. so much fun. Yeah, and uh, it's it's not that uh, the subject matter is casual because a lot of uh, what we talked about is very scriptural and 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 good for the um, good for the spirit, good for the soul uh, mm-hmm. to know about these scriptural references. Uh, but uh, also, it's fun to just be like, oh, that song just says. You are righteous. You are worthy. It is on my heart to praise you. <laughs> and you're just like, what are you doing there, buddy? So yeah. that's fun. Good try. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like we pity them. Oh, <laughs> you tried so hard. Um. So yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Thank you for uh, checking in with us. Yeah. Uh, thanks yeah. again, guys. Please continue to uh, like, subscribe, uh, follow us on Podbean, or uh, can you follow on Google? Yeah. Uh, Apple podcast. You can subscribe mm-hmm. rate, uh, yep. on, even on Spotify. Or, you can, you can subscribe on Spotify. Even. If you do not even listen to podcasts, but you have somehow listened to this one, please, you can just go on our Facebook and, and leave us a comment. Tell us if you have anything in particular you want to know about or talk about, or maybe your pastor talked about, and it would be very helpful for us as we love to have new info and topics to discuss uh, with the community that wants to listen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, thank you. Thanks so much, guys. God bless. We'll see you next time. Yeah, buddy.